What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO Project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25. Moto here from Grundle. Keekly turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF Racing. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Chris Cooksey. Cooksey with the crown. How's it going, brother? Good job, man. How are you doing? Hey, not doing too bad whatsoever. Uh, thank you once again for joining me here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. You are a repeat offender, and by that I mean you're the second time you've come on the podcast to uh, talk all things uh, two wheels, motorized versions, of course, uh, and usually putting knobbies in the ground. You yourself, a motocross enthusiast, a motocross participant, and, uh, and a key cog over there at Western Power Sports. For those who don't already know about your position there, Let's talk about it. Dude, I have the motorcycle enthusiast dream job. I literally go to the shops, talk moto, show them new products, and and it's not just fly gear. I mean, I'm talking everything from oils, tires, chemicals. I get to help them build their businesses. It's a really badass job. And honestly, I meet most of my friends that I go riding with on the weekends. There you go, absolutely. Making them single-serving friends uh, and, and, and chatting people. And honestly, uh, and you, I, I do, I'm extra envious of your particular job because it would be different if you worked for a company that maybe didn't uh, sell all of the best products. But for all intents and purposes, as far as uh, Western Power Sports is concerned, you are talking about some of the best products out there, period, especially the fly racing uh, apparel lines, whether it's the apparel, whether it's the, the watercraft stuff, snowmobile stuff, motocross gear. Their stuff is uh, is next level, and you get to just uh, list off those features and benefits make sure pe- and make people fall in love with stuff that's pretty easy to fall in love with, if I don't say so myself. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't sell anything if I didn't love it. I can't sell people stuff that I don't believe in, and I truly, hey, I tell my wife, and I blow up my sample account, it's pretty big, and I have to test everything. I don't have to test everything, but damn it if I don't love testing everything. You know, uh, I love my Bellray oils, my partners with Scott Goggles, and everything. You know, it, it's, it's really amazing. I got lucky. Uh, other than my job, I would, I mean, I, everyone has the dream to be a professional racer. I think I might actually have a better gig, so... Oh, for sure, especially with you if you look at some of those guys eating wiener water soup out there. But uh, um, the reality is is uh, you're not only a talented uh, individual uh, educating people on the, the, the products through Western Power Sports, you're also a gifted writer and, uh, and a little bit of a motocross mind. Uh, and for those who, uh, who have, have had a hard time pinpointing exactly where they may know know you from uh i offer uh an example of uh last year a seething fiery-eyed ryan dungey yelling there is no crown and that of course was in response 
to your question last year? Oh, man, you had to go with the crown again. Uh, one of these I, days I go we will the do an interview. Fruit, and, always with the low-hanging uh, fruit. Uh, I'm trying to kind of distance myself. I get it. That happened. Dunge yelled at me. Yes. Uh, even I, I was talking to Weeds. I'm just trying to move on from that and actually do some real journalism. And, you know, it kind of, yeah, <laughs> for what that is. Uh, but I have. I've partnered up with uh, my buddy Dan Lamb this year and the guys over at Motocross Addicts, and I will be riding for them this year. We're trying to really go next level. Dan and the guys over there have mostly done race coverage up to the date information, and this year we're going with more personal interests. We're doing predictions. We're doing – I'm doing a Tuesday column. I'm, I, I, you know, it's going to be brought by Scott Goggles and the guys Primo and uh, John Knowles and the guys over there have jumped on board. Nice. By the way, have you used the Prospect Goggle before? I have actually. Uh, I was testing a bunch of goggles when I was down in California, um, and honestly, I got to say the Prospect one of uh, one of the better ones, uh, like as far as um, just a nice wide viewing uh like the you don't really get a sense of much of the, of the frame while you're looking out of the goggle very clear and uh that thick goggle strap really makes sure that it feels secure on your face yeah and for a front loading goggle of that quality to be 89 dollars retail dude it's hard to beat it but yeah i'm super excited to have scott goggles presenting my tuesday articles where i'm going to go in depth and kind of tell a story that didn't get told through you know tv and, and just kind of kind of look at it from a different aspect so, you know you use my racing experience to and my industry experience to kind of tell the tell a story that wasn't told because there's so many stories storylines in our sport that just get missed and i i really i'm going to add some insight there and dan and i are going to do a column together where we literally dan and i i swear i think we argue about everything so we were like well let's just do a column where we argue and we actually did our first one uh it's called Block Passing. It's on Motocross Addicts. And right now, we he lived in Vegas for quite a while. Uh, I live there now. So rather than do your traditional odds, make, you know, you know who's going to win and just make our predictions, we built Vegas lines. So, you know, and did you get a chance to check that out? Absolutely. Uh, top to bottom, read that thing when it dropped on December 7th, uh, only a couple of days ago. Chris Cooksey at the top of the column, so you know it's going to be good all the way down. And uh, yeah, you guys pretty much just go back and forth uh, disagreeing on just about everybody, which of course I, I, I love the, uh, the contrarian opinion that anyone will offer me. And honestly, I found myself agreeing with both of you at, at times, disagreeing with both of you at times, so it really is kind of a fun read. Um, and of course, that can be found at uh, uh, at motocross action forward slash 2000, 2007 forward slash 12, forward slash 07 forward slash block passing, or you could do it a whole lot easier. Just go to the Motor Accent website, and it's the top, uh, the, basically uh, the banner ad across with the starting line. That's uh, that's where you'd go straight to that link, and uh, it gives you not like kind of uh, a Cole's notes of all the riders that are mentioned within the uh, the article, and uh, gets you going with a nice uh, Bell Ray ad right on top there. Uh, Big number ones from Zach Osborne and celebrating his championship. That's the outdoor championship from last year, uh, this last summer. But uh, yeah, take us through take us through this a little bit. So, I, like you being from Vegas, you you know a whole lot more about what sports betting than I ever, uh, do or probably ever will. But uh, kind of how does how does this thing break down for you guys? Okay, first I'll say it's motocross addicts for those of us that aren't from Canada. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got to crack on the Canadian a little bit in you. No worries, brother. Um, yeah, yeah, eh? Um, yeah, I watched uh, 
Strange Brew. I know all about the Canadian. Um, oh, yeah. So basically, okay, oh. the, the way I said it is Marvin Miskin's my favorite. He's a minus 150 favorite. So for those who don't gamble, that means if you bet, you have to bet $150 for Marvin to win 100 So it's a negative. Eli Tomac is a negative 110. You'd have to bet $110 to make 100 uh, Ken Roxon, who easily, this is the one both Dan and I had issues with, because it could easily become a negative 200 favorite where you bet 200 to win 100. But right now we have him at plus 120, which is you bet 100 to win 120. So you start making money. Then we get into our kind of our underdogs. I got Jason Anderson at plus 600. So basically that's like 6 to 1, 100 to win 600. And the same with Blake Baggett and Dean Wilson and Cooper Webb at plus 1,200. Um, What did did you think of those odds? Are there anywhere where you'd take advantage of me if I was a sports book? Uh, honestly, like you, you'd made them very smartly. Uh, the only time that I would kind of take advantage of you, which I don't think it's going to happen, um, and I, which is basically why it, it, uh, it is what it is, is that it, in the unlikely event that uh, Cooper Webb takes his final year at, uh, at Yamaha by by the horns and uh, and puts the number two bike at the top of the podium more often than not, uh, that plus twelve hundred looks uh, awfully. T- awfully tasty but um honestly um and i i hate to do this this early in the season hasn't even started yet but uh i just with with the the lack of buzz happening around cooper right now and um his displeasure to the motorcycle all throughout supercross last year and then coming off of a small injury at exiting last uh, last year's outdoor season i honestly don't I, i don't have really high expectations for him so everything seems to be pretty um Pretty pretty easy. I, the only thing that's kind of puzzling is the the fact that the field seems to have a less likely champion. Is it the the field is a less likely champion than Dean Wilson and Cooper Webb, uh, respectively? Well, on my odds, I actually yeah. So it's plus one thousand because if you look at it in the field, you've got Chad Reed, Justin Bogle, um, and Cole Seeley. All three of those guys in the field. Now, if you have the field, would you say those three guys have a better chance than just Dean Wilson or just Cooper Webb? That's the way I looked at it, and that's why they're okay, at ten to one versus right. twelve to one. So, Fair yeah, as as a Vegas, if if it was straight up one of those guys, yeah, it would be higher. But if you get all three in the package, and that's that's how Vegas works. Usually, the field has a few guys, and it kind of it helps the the balance. Dan did not do that on his on his his line. In which yes. I actually gave him some crap because if he was a sports book, I definitely would take advantage of his line. It was it was easy money. <laughs> Marvin Muskin at plus two twenty five. Uh, I, I would I would kill the sports book on that one. Uh, he's definitely unless Ken Roxon's arm holds up, which is a huge. I don't know. Have you heard? I've heard that he's hauling ass, and he's definitely going to be every bit the rider he was last year. I saw him in September in the ski. That arm looks fragile. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it's had those surgeries. I mean, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit hard to look at. I uh, hope he doesn't listen to this and get pissed off, but hey, it is what it is. I'm calling what I it see. Is, it looks reality. fragile. And, you know, I think he's going to be just fine. And if you were out there running by himself, he could set fast lap times all day long. You get in traffic and he gets roughed up a little bit and falls on that left side. Is it going to hold up? I don't know. Uh, those surgically re- once a, a, an arm has been surgically repaired, it is not as durable as it was 
prior to the surgery, and I don't care how good that surgery was. It's just not. And especially the right. first uh, year, his body's going to be compensating for the lack of movement in his wrist and elbow, and you get these side effects where he'll have arthritis halfway through the season. It's going to swell up. That's why I, I can't pick him for the title favorite because I want to for if I was going on straight speed and off-season hype, I would go with it. But that's just not the case. I, I, I agree. It, it's um, like I put it to you this way: when I when I had my shoulder fixed, um, my my doctor told me that the best that they could ever do is to make my shoulder as good as it was when I was before it popped out the first time. And he's like, "What happened that time?" I'm like, "Well, it popped out." He's like, "Exactly." So it like it's the the, the reality of it is is that uh, like. Call it sports betting, uh, no different than fantasy, fantasy uh, sports. It's it's all about it's a game of chance, and you have to what you have to go with what's most likely to happen. What's more, what's more likely, a, a, an athlete that is coming back with a miraculous uh, healing time has come back way sooner than a lot of people thought he would, uh, with with a with a history with small injuries, and then obviously in the last year, uh, a short history of major injuries. Is he more likely to get injured and have to miss time, or uh, one of the athletes that coming as coming in, um, for the most part, um, un un uh, what's the word I'm looking for healthy. Um, well, yeah, it's, healthy. it's not healthy, but like they're 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 unhindered by any uh, any ailments. Like Eli Tomac isn't worrying about his arm swelling up or his elbow swelling up right now. He's just look. He's just worrying about about lap times. He's worrying about his VO two max. He's worrying about being able to to push his on a mountain bike for as long as he he can. He's not worried about his ankle, his wrist, his whatever it happens to be. He's just worrying about. What's going to make him fastest on the weekends? And and like you said, throughout the year, uh, if Ken's having so many issues with that elbow uh, or or anything within that arm, um, that might mean that he misses time uh, testing. That means he might miss time practicing throughout the week. We know that these guys a lot of time don't do a ton of riding during the week, but uh, they're at least able to do some and and keep that fitness up. So, um, do we see Ken have a bit of a, a lull in the middle of the of the, of the season from getting worn down because he's 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 having to battle with that arm. Uh, how does it react to flying all the time? There's a lot of like the pressures of going up and down with flying all the time. You get some swelling there. Um, he's having to he, maybe maybe because of that he has to change the way he flies uh, for as far as timing goes. Um, there's a lot of things that play into that, and that's why I think that what's most likely to happen is that uh, he he really struggles. Hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like Zipper Lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. 
if you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler at Dicknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the Collective Experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as the Collective EX on Instagram is where you can find the Collective Experience. Do so immediately. The Collective Experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose. They just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA. All things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with a viral brand. 
Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Still talking uh, about this. Uh, we're talking about block passing. And, uh, and an article with Dan Dunes as well as Chris Cooksey. Cooksey, in, when it relates to Ken Rocks in, in, in particular, just to continue to touch on that a little bit, I and in, in all gambling, and I think you'd agree, it's all about what's most likely to happen. And what you need to do is you need to weigh the odds as to like what, what would be more likely. Like you just mentioned, is it more likely that the combination of Chad Reed, Cole Seeley, and Blake B- or uh, Justin Bogle, those like those three guys have a better chance than say uh, Cooper Webb or or a Dean Wilson. So that that's why the field gets that better, um, the better odds. But uh, yeah, it's, like I I, total, I I really like your line, and I think it's very fair. Yeah, I gave I gave Dunes a little crap on his, but yeah, hey, to each their own. It's opinion stuff. Back to uh, Ken Roxon. Do you remember, and, yeah. that, and I'll make kind of the transition yeah. to Eli, who's so mentally weak it, it embarrasses me. But uh, <laughs> um, he take Eli's season two years ago when he came back in the shoulders. He had not a dynamite season, and a lot of that had to do with weakness in the shoulder and those weird things that that happened. Ken Roxon's going to go through a lot of that, but. This year, Eli, and now the reason a guy that won nine Supercrosses last year wasn't my favorite was his mental state. I don't know how, you know, and I was a big mountain bike fan, you know, in the 80s, and John Tomac was just an Iron Man hero of mine. It baffles me how his kid is, seems to be mentally weak. And it, it, it's weird. He's not like James Stewart. James Stewart, he would go super fast and pile it up, but... For some reason, Eli, the speed's just not there some days. At New Jersey, what the hell happened? He just rode awful. You know, yeah, outdoors, the like same thing guy. happened to him. Yeah. He just – seriously, and, and I refer to that as evil Eli. I don't know if – with that said, the guy's so good, he could run off a few and never, ever have a pressure situation coming to the end. But when it comes to a pressure situation, I can't count on him. So, why I – chose what I chose with Eli, even though he did win nine races last year, which is insane. Well, it's honestly winning nine races and not winning the championship is hard to do. It's hard to be the guy that won the most amount of races in a season, even if he didn't win nine and not win the championship. And uh, you have to have some really off nights. And of course, one of those nights, not in his hands. The issue with the front brake is completely not on him. 
and and that's and that's just the way that cookie crumbles. But uh, he, he had his fate in his uh, it, it, he, like he was controlling his destiny at, at uh, in in New York, and he fumbled it. He just totally fumbled it, like uh, like Mar- Mark Sanchez did before he did. And uh, it just seems to me like um, he he really doesn't seem to I don't know handling things properly. It just when things aren't going well. Um, he's a little bit less poised than other athletes are, and I think that's concerning because you have to have the uh, the poise of a gunfighter when it comes to uh, racing motocross and being a champion in this in the sport. If you think of all the champions over the years, the thing they have most in common is that they are absolute mental badasses. Yeah, holy cow! Did you just compare his ride in New Jersey to the infamous butt fumble? Dude, that's awesome. Yes, that's, I just tied that together. That's a good comparison, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty harsh, but I can't defend Eli. And it, this isn't just happened last year. On the two, in the 250s, do you remember when Ken Roxon had that awful night in Salt Lake and didn't even make the main event? And it was Eli's yeah. championship to wrap up, and he was getting past. I think he finished like 10th place or something. He yeah. could not ride. Going through the I don't that know night? What, like me. It was awful. He was flailing. He just and it, so this is this not just one time. This is a pattern with this kid. And until he goes through a couple situations, last year outdoors, I mean, he got it done in time. But at Unadilla, how bad did he look? The first moto at uh, was it Bud's Creek? He was horrible. The one where Bogle won. It, 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 I just I don't understand I mean, Colorado how photos. Colorado also. That leads me also, that's a nice transition to Blake Baggett. That's the guy that if I was betting against my own line, I would put my money on Blake Baggett at 6-1. to one. I do believe he – nobody's talking about him. He's really quietly under the radar, and I have yeah, heard I some practice say, tracks. Nobody which knows he, what he's bringing to the table. I've heard, and I know he has ridden with some of the faster guys, and been consistently better. He was also better last year, but I don't think he had that confidence. He hadn't won on a 450 like he did this year outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, up until the thumb injury, he was dialed in. And he can ride Supercross these days. So I, I would expect him, if he could reel off a couple wins early and get that confidence going, he could be a guy. Um, I, I do look for him to win at least one or two races. I do believe he's going to win Daytona. And if he, but like I said, if he gets a couple lucky breaks, gets a good start, which is a big if with him, and he wins a couple, he might be an outsider, the one in every ten year type champion. So, right, and, I, and, I and also, that's it. I, um, hmm, go ahead. I was gonna say, I, you know, I did the research, and the champion usually was one of the top three to four favorites for the last thirty plus years. The only three exceptions I could make for kind of. You know, underdogs plus 600 type favorites that won were Jeff Stanton when he won his first one because Ricky Johnson was by far the runaway favorite. Jeff Ward was there. Then when Jeremy McGrath won, that was, he took John Michelle Bale's bike. There was Bradshaw Stanton and he was thought of, but he was probably a plus 600, plus 700 favorite. And then Brian Dungey when he won, when both James Stewart and Chad Reed got hurt three times in 30 years. So about once every 10 years, one of these guys wins. And nobody has ever won outside of the field has never won, literally in the, in our sport. So, kind of interesting that. And then, and then that would make sense for the, uh, uh, the the 
the copious amounts of winnings you would make if you did in fact uh, make that bet. But like you said, very unlikely. Maybe like you're you're more or less donating your money at that point. Blake Baggett has a serious chance of of surprising people. I think that at the races where um, he that there, that are going to be there's going to be some amateur racing. I, I think that uh, that maybe the whoops will be a little bit underdeveloped, or maybe they're not they're not on, they're not as uh, uh, built as big as as your traditional Supercross, and that'll that that favors both uh, Blake and and Marvin. So th- those races, which were not like that style, was not on the schedule last year. Those will those will be in the play into the hands of both those guys, and they'll also hurt both Ra- Ken Rocks and, and Eli. Uh, and and Dean Wilson for that matter. So uh, there, there's a couple of things that kind of favor uh, the KTM pilots uh, in that respect. Yeah, and that's also a source that that we discussed heavily, Dan and I, is Marvin through the whoop-de-doos. Now, any other rider on the planet, I would okay, say, Ricky. if he jumps through the whoop-de-doos, what's that? I said, okay, Ricky, the whoop-de-doos. Ricky? About... Oh, okay, whoop-de-doos. Anyway, what do you call whoops? Whoops, whoop-de-doos. Okay, the whoops. (laughs) Oh, man, killing me. Uh, The whoops. So, anyway, in the whoops, or whoop-de-doos, as Ricky would say, Marvin has this skill that nobody else has. He can actually run his bike a little bit softer and jump through those whoops. And if he... It, it's it's like a sidearm pitcher in baseball. You don't teach it, but if a guy can do it, you take advantage of it. And he can do that. So it may hurt him at maybe two or three rounds, but the rest of the rounds, as we've seen, they break down. 450s tear these things apart. So at worst on his bad night, you know, if he can't skim the whoops and those guys get him, he's getting second or third. But the nights where you're jumping through them and those guys can't skim consistently, that's a big advantage. It takes less energy. You can set your bike up softer and, and rail everywhere else. It, it, it's something I wouldn't teach kids to do is the fastest way to get through them, but he's mastered it. So. Yeah, he has. And then, uh, it's, it's, it's totally different. So I was catching some heat on the article, too, because I mentioned that uh, Marvin waxed Eli at Monster Cup. Yes, I did. I, I noticed what do you that think about wording, that? and then I had an eyebrow raised. <laughs> Okay, let me explain my definition of waxed. He was faster and more consistent from the time they hit the track on press day. Eli could go fast, but he looked like he was going to die every single time he did. Marvin could go that fast and look like he could do it for, you know, 20 laps, 20 minutes, whatever they need to do. That's why I said waxed. And I I understand Eli crashed, but once again, Eli was going out of his comfort zone, and Marvin had just passed him, and... He hit the panic button. So that is wax to me. Would you differ? No, I, I totally agree. Um, it's it, it's phenomenal to see the way that Marvin has the ability to go extremely fast, in control, um, and, and, and seemingly not really change. Like, he never seems to be out of control. So that, that, that leads me to believe there's either more in the tank. Uh, he's kind of like a Kevin Windham style where uh, style guy where you never really see everything that's in there because they never really go to that very edge of the level. Or he's got the mental poise to be on that edge and, and, and stay there and, and not be panicking. Um, so, yeah, I think as far as, as just that uh, that intestinal fortitude and that cool cucumber attitude that you need to be a champion, um, Marvin Moosecan cl- clearly has it. Um, 
flat out speed, like one one lap speed, I think I have to give the the uh, the, the nod to Eli Tomac as far as what he's capable of because he goes to that extra 5% that maybe some of the other guys that aren't comfortable with. The only problem is when he does get there, he's just, just as uncomfortable that as everybody else is at that, at that speed, but he deals with it. And then uh, every once in a while that bites him because of that uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. And then I know I noticed earlier, you said Cooper Webb because last year at Yamaha, that was an interesting statement. Do you know something we don't about him going somewhere else? Um, I, I don't like have a ton of great sources on that. Particularly I've talked to a few individuals over at KTM that, uh, said that they would prefer not to talk about it. So usually when someone that's for the most part unrelated to a specific thing says that they don't want to comment on it, um, that usually means there's something to comment on. Uh, so I think that the, it's, it's pretty, I think that, uh, with the one year deal that Brock Tickle has to ride in the, on that particular team, um, I think that in 2008 or 19 rather, uh, the zero drops off that motorcycle and there's a big number two sitting underneath the KTM rig. Um, I would put, I would put a generous amount of money on that if we're talking about betting. Yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily argue it. I would put it at a coin flip. I, I do think KTM, I don't think they've signed him yet, but I, if he comes out there and just has a performance like last year, they're not going to want him. Just the same thing as Barsha. Barsha came out this year, and he didn't ride like Justin Barsha. He didn't show what he had, but he thought he was going to get that orange bike. Well, when it comes time to sign somebody, it didn't work out. And he was he had actually offered to ride the bike for bonuses only. They still went with Brock Tickle over him. And I think I think if Cooper doesn't play his cards right and 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 you know, do something with that Yamaha and stop complaining about the bike. I don't think the coster is going to bring him on. That's just my that's my opinion right now. With that said, mm-hmm. yeah, the Cooper Webb camp is definitely looking to go orange. I think yeah, like I said, like, they're looking to go orange. Um, it it would be an exciting thing to see him go over there um, because. I just want to see the best athletes in the world be comfortable where they're at. If he's not comfortable on the Yamaha, uh, then go be somewhere where you're comfortable and do what you know how to do. I think that uh, that was true for Blake on the Suzuki and Supercross. He didn't feel comfortable there. Um, like if you if you watch uh, like video of James Stewart on a Supercross track in 2010 versus 09, it's a completely different guy. Uh, and then like it, basically. Uh, Davy Millsaps on any bike other than the 2013 RMZ 450 um, is it's literally night and day. He's never been as comfortable on any bike other than that that that, that uh, the 2013 RMZ. Like he he at that year had the speed and the consistency to to go toe to toe with Ryan Villapoto, and that's never been something we've ever been able to say on um, about. Davy since he was probably on super minis. So, um, that, that, that did like that, that just speaks volumes to what these guys are able to achieve when they're fully comfortable. Keyword there, comfortable. I think all the bikes are competitive and have you ridden a new Yamaha yet? Cause I, ro- I rode that new 450 and I have ridden the other ones and I felt uncomfortable on the other ones. They had this weird front end feel that I just couldn't get used to. The chassis, and I don't. Obviously, I'm riding a stock bike, so I don't know how mm-hmm. close it is to what they have. But the improvements from the previous year are 
dramatic. Uh, so okay. I, haven't, I, haven't just, I don't see them. I don't see them complaining about that bike. I, it's good. It's really, really good. And and I have heard Cooper Webb is definitely faster than Barsha at the test track. Not that that means anything. And does that mean anything? Because Barsha hasn't really been more than a seventh, eighth place guy. So it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. So if you yeah, had if you had to pick, like, oh, go ahead. If you had to pick one guy who's going to surprise everybody, who would you pick? One guy that's going to surprise people this year. Ooh, that's a good question. Huh. I think uh, the guys that are going to surprise would be. Um, I think Dean Wilson gets a gets a victory this year. I think that would surprise some people. I think Benny Bloss ends up with a podium by the end of the year in Supercross. Ooh, that's that's a that's a hot take right there. I don't yeah. know. I, I love Benny Bloss because. I cheer for the tall guys because he's only got an inch on me. But uh, I, I don't see him. I see him maybe getting some top fives if he can stay healthy. I guess he had a pretty good get off uh, in practice, so we'll see how his off season and how he comes in. But yeah, he's he's capable. I, I, I don't. I think a podium's a little stiff, but I could see him cracking the top five. My big okay. surprises are I said you know Baggett earlier, and then Justin Bogle. I really. I mean. The way he did that outdoors was amazing. He just came out of nowhere. He came from 10th to 1st. I think he could do that again. Absolutely. I think uh I think he has the, the he definitely has a skill. And obviously he's a champion in that in that uh in Supercross, that discipline. All of of course that particular year is uh I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as to say there's an asterisk on that, that championship, but uh, there's about four or five guys on green bikes that uh, that screwed that one away. Um, but uh, um, the the reality is is that um, yeah, like we're we've got a ton of great talent in the 450 class, and that's that's how the the system is has been created to funnel that talent into the 450 class, make it that premier class. And uh, we got champions uh, throughout that are going to battle for, for position here. And the guys that can be most consistent are going to be able to, uh, to to make serious swings at this championship. I'm interested to see if J- Jason Anderson makes a step forward or takes a step back this year. I think if you're going to surprise, if anyone is surprised by anything, is that by the end of the year, Without missing a ton of time, Jason Anderson outside outside your top five. You, you don't think he's going to be inside the top five, even if he's healthy. I think even if he's healthy, I don't think that uh, Jason Anderson will be top five in points. Wow, I, I, see, I, I'm kind of hard on Jason, and I don't think he has the maturity level. I, he's got that ridiculous speed, and you know the jersey and tuck. I'm not going to lie; it looks pretty cool the way he rides a bike. But he does not – he'll never win a championship. He's got too many enemies. He's got too much immaturity. He showed that last year when he punched Vince Freezy on a, on a crash that wasn't even that bad. He, and, and if you're going to do it, man, do it outside the cameras. Don't do it right there where, you, where you're forcing these guys to, to cause – you know, force John Gallagher to make a decision that really probably sucked. But he, he's got to mature. He'll never win a championship until he matures. He's got too many enemies, and they won't let him win. Look at Ryan Dungey last year. You need help when it comes down to it to win a championship. You need guys not to hate you. 
They don't have to love you, but they have to not want to kill you. And he doesn't have that right now. I can't think of anybody out there he hasn't messed with, other than maybe his teammate Dean Wilson. And you know, he just—he's just not a guy I would count on. And I also agree he's not going to be good. But I would still, if he's healthy the whole year, I would put him at you know fourth, fifth. But that's all. Right. So like, <clears throat> he's just inside your top five. I'm I'm thinking maybe one or two steps outside of that. And that that's uh, that's a few points here and there in the grand scheme of things in the, in, the, in a championship series. I just I, I see Dean Wilson taking a step forward. I I. I uh, I see Blake Baggett taking a step forward, and for those guys to take a step forward, he, someone's got to take a step back, and I think that it's Jason Anderson this year. Hey, further down the field, one of the most polarizing guys in our sport, Josh Hansen's back. So, did you hear that? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I think With that Josh is going to have... Suzuki. Not up Suzuki. Um, and um, I, think, I think he's going to have some good rides. Um, I don't know if, if Hanny's, uh, fitness is going to be where it needs to be to, uh, to knock down those, the finishes he needs to have. Like the, the, the top, like, I think like, it, like his speed wise, absolutely. I honestly like it as totally a total dark horse, uh, main event winner in those, it was six, six, six minute main events. The first one? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I could absolutely can, see. Can, can Josh Hansen win a six-minute main event? No problem. But I don't think that he is in that uh, that mental, physical, uh, intestinal badassery that those that these top ten guys are in. Like, these guys live, breathe, sweat, sleep uh, going fast on two wheels. And, and Josh has, uh, has, a, has, a young, has a young daughter. His business, his, his his efforts, I think, are, are more business oriented than racing oriented, uh, and for that reason, I think that he will be mired between. Uh, I think on the high end, he's around seventh, and at the back end, I think he's around twelfth. Yeah, fair enough. I I, I tend to agree with that. Um, I his am excited to hear sweet. his possible. What's that? His bikes are going to look cool. Of course, dude. Handsome in style. Yeah. Th- that's something he's never lacked. But I'm, I'm kind of excited. I did hear a rumor. I don't know if it's confirmed or if they're still finding sponsorship, but it looks like Matt Bichelia will be his teammate, and they'll do a two-rider team over there with Kenny Watson as the manager. I know that yeah. they're still uh, crossing I's and dotting T's, and, or t- crossing T's and I's, but I believe, uh, yeah, Matty B is going to get a 450 Suzuki ride with good bikes, and I do believe he could be a consistent top ten guy in the 450s. So it's nice to see could be. a kid from Texas getting getting the ride he needs. Absolutely, uh, and and a talented kid at that. Um, it's it's always awesome to see uh, an athlete like a well spoken athlete like Matt who tries hard and has had some uh, some injury uh, bad luck uh, not go his way that way, and and then to see him kind of land on his feet a little bit with a team that's uh, going to take care of him, but. Uh, yeah, time will tell. I think it's uh, it's exciting that uh, we've got new teams coming in. We've got that uh, HEP Motorsports with uh, Henry Miller's first day back on the bike today. Du- I think Dusty, Dusty Pipes uh, and his family are are kind of uh, 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 heading that uh, that program. They got FXR Gear head to toe. Kyle Cunningham on a 450 full time, uh, who's going to be in the mix all the time. And then they've got uh, Talon. LaFontaine on the 250s. I believe he'll be racing west. 
So that's exciting. Um, there's going to be a ton of things to talk about. And uh, the reality is, is um, like it was a tale of a couple of different series this last year with uh, with Supercross. And I think we'll probably get a lot of the same this year. Like at the it, over the first two two weeks of the season, it was the Ken Roxon show. Two race wins. He was blitzing those whoops in San Diego like it's his job because it's his job. And... Um, and the guy was the guy seemed untouchable. Like Dungey kind of kept him in check, and it was. Uh, uh, but but for the most part, it was the Roxon show. And at the same time, Eli Tomac, uh, while not admitting it, had uh, arm pump like no tomorrow. Needs to go look at the talk to Lee Ramage over at uh, Four Armstrong. And uh, but then oh please don't the talk to that guy. That, no. <laughs> flip the script. Oh, and the, you got no, the Eli Four Armstrong Tomac guy. Hold on. I, I got to jump in there. You mentioned Four Armstrong. That guy. Can I tell a little story about that guy? Okay, so I'm stupid. I'm stupid, and I'm a vet rider, and I get arm pumped because I ride once a week maybe. I train as much as I can, but that's not that much. So I I order the stupid, you know, C-clamp you put on your arm, which, you know, I'll try anything. You put arm pump on anything that it eliminated, I'll buy it. I did. It sucked. I shot him a personal email said, hey, man, you know, it didn't work. Just an FYI. You know, I wasn't looking for my money back. He told me I had the wrong angle, sent me another one. It still didn't work. I sent him, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate the customer service because it was good customer service. And I said, I'm not going to post anything anywhere. There's vital threads left and right, and everybody trashed it. I left it alone. Well, after my crown incident, if you want to see something hilarious, this guy posted on Facebook about the ignorant journalist and basically called me a complete piece of crap over and over. I'm like, dude, hold on. I covered your shitty product and then you blow me out? Oh, boy. So I let him have it, and now I am not biting my tongue about his shitty product and his snake oil. I wish that dude would just go away. So I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Strong words from a man who feels strongly about forearm strong. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I was more or less, a little bit tongue-in-cheek that he needs to get uh, get in with uh, the forearm strong guys as far as uh, Eli Tomac's concerned. Like, uh, anybody that ex- ex- uh, experiences arm pump is um, is always looking for a way to remedy that. But, uh, yeah, like, last year we had uh, a couple of different champion. Uh, like, uh, there was more than, more than two different guys that we were looking at, seriously looking at getting that championship. And reality is, at the end, it was the diesel at the end, humming along, doing his thing, and uh, we got ourselves another championship with uh, with Ryan Dungey. But uh, yeah, it, it, I, I I think that anyone who's listening to this podcast should definitely go over to MotoXAddicts.com, click the top uh, where you see Block Passing 2018 450 SX Championship Favorites. You guys misspelled favorites. And, uh, and, uh, that is presented by Bell Ray. Go check it out, guys. You're going to enjoy that article. Chris Cooksey, I really appreciate you coming on to uh, talk about it, my friend. 